Chris, a month and a half ago, we were blessed to be able to see a movie that we were uh, blackmailed into not saying anything about. But that didn't stop us because we did do a little episode about it. But now we are finally allowed. The gods have blessed us because we are finally allowed to talk about spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Oh, God, this is so cathartic right now. I've been waiting over a month to talk about this. Now, I have not. No, we saw it at New York Comic Con. I have not gotten a chance to go back out and see it again. So I did. Did you? Yeah. Okay. When you asked me if I wanted to talk about it, I immediately went out and went and saw it and I came back. Oh, wow. That was amazing because we did that today. Yep. That was incredible. So granted, some of this is going to be me talking about this in a let's call it a biased audience. You know what I mean? Like there's sure, but also we're a good audience for it because it's one thing to come out of the movie and say, Oh man, this was great. And then it's another thing to sit with it for a while and then give it another thought. So we have the privilege of having been able to sit with this film for a month, for almost two months now. Yeah. And so we can, we have the opportunity now to change our thoughts on it. Andrew, as always, you take my criticism of myself and you, you turn it into a positive and you make me feel so good. Oh, you're still a big old bag of shit. But, Thank you. Uh, but we're going to we get to actually discuss this film now. So it's a good opportunity. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. All right. So as we talked about before, kid, don't wake up. I've been waiting a month to talk about this. Do not fucking wake up. right. First now. off, we both gave this when we first came out of the movie. We both gave this nine out of ten. Do you want to change that number? No, I don't. Me neither. Yeah, I. Uh, so. OK, so now we can talk a spoiler. So very quickly plot. Again, spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife. If you haven't gone to see it, go see it and then come back to this again. McKenna Grace plays a young girl whose family moves from New York out to Oklahoma because they are broke. This is all said in the trailer as well. They're broke and they the only thing they have left in the world is an old farmhouse that was gifted by the grandfather, who is a mysterious figure that turns out to be none other than Egon Spangler of the Ghostbusters. I said before, like I said, I absolutely love this movie. First of all, that opening scene, incredible. I don't know who they got to play Egon in that thing, but whoever just did the hair on it, like perfect. Amazing. Well, it's interesting, too, because, all right, we're in spoilers now, right? So, like, there are some times where you really see Egon. Like, that opening scene is, is sort of silhouetted. It's in the dark. It's from the back. It still looks very much like him. But it's interesting because the Egon that they are making does not look like Harold Ramis in his later years. No. It looks like a different version of Egon. It's if Egon got old, not if Harold Ramis got old. Right. Yes. Right, right, right. Which I really actually appreciated. I really liked. Yeah, because it really still looks like him. It does. It really does. And you go, you know what? If Harold Ramis had looked like that when he got old, that's what he would. You know what I mean? It looks kind of realistic. Well, and even like, here's the other thing that I was thinking. Harold Ramis was mostly out of the uh, film industry for a while. I mean, he did some things here and there. He was writing mostly, yeah. and he, but he wasn't really yeah, acting. Yeah, he was behind stuff. the scenes. If he came in to act in a movie again, he might try to like lose some weight, get in better shape, right. and he might look like this version of Egon, actually. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I'm calling this, by the way, I have uh, decided instead of calling this Ghostbusters Afterlife, I will be calling this from here on Ghostbusters The Force Awakens. <laughs> because essentially that's what this is. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't even call that a, I mean, some people are going to call that a criticism. I've, I have seen some reviews online that that's basically what this is. Yeah. 
and that that's a knock against it. I don't care. It's one of those things where I'm like, I kind of just don't care. I liked it enough. The characters are really great. McKenna Grace is amazing in this. Yeah. She's really The cast doesn't really have a weak link. No, it really doesn't. The, you know, the times when there's action... It's great. It is funny. And I think I said, we said this in the non-spoiler review we did a while back. This is very much a Jason Reitman film. Like there is a heart to this that his films have that Ivan Reitman's films generally don't because they're more comedy. And that's fine. And I think that's good. I don't think you need to. I, I shouldn't say you need to. Ghostbusters for me is like a perfect movie. It's not the best movie, but it's a perfect movie in that it's hard to really pick apart something like it's pretty tight you know and it's really funny so why try and replicate we've seen that already done and failed so go in a slightly different direction you know make it something make it its own also it doesn't take place in new york it doesn't have the normal characters it needs to be its own thing which is why i think it's good is it fan service yeah but i think it's fan service done really well and it doesn't pander in that way, I'm going to level with you. There's at least one time that I'm like, it's a little bit of pandering. There's there's a scene where um, the little girl is like, uh, don't I get a phone call in jail? And the guy's like, who are you going to call? Yes, I 100 <laughs> like, there are certain nods where you're it doesn't like, make it bad necessarily. No, but, I, but that is yeah. a moment that I was like, come on. <laughs> That's a little he- heavy handed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not always <laughs> the most graceful of, of nods, but there's like a million Easter eggs that all feel like homages and not pandering. And then there's like yes. one or two things that you're like, that's you're a like, little on okay, the nose. Okay, that didn't land quite the way that you wanted yeah, yeah. it to. Yeah, yeah. The kids are suspiciously good. Yes. Like, we all yeah. know Finn Wolfhard can do whatever he wants and that he's he fits into this universe perfectly. If right. you watch Stranger Things, it's basically an homage to Ghostbusters. So putting right. him in Ghostbusters makes perfect sense. Right. But like Logan Kim, the kid who plays podcast, podcast, is such a good fit for this role. And like the lead is fantastic. She's, yeah. so, she's unrecognizable in the role as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd fits perfectly in this universe as well. Incredible. Carrie Coon is a great is great. The two of them together. Yeah. Carrie Coon and the good. mom and Paul Rudd, like their chemistry together, really good. They have a very similar it's funny you bring up their chemistry, because they have a very similar chemistry to Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray in the original film. Yes, they do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's also clear, and again, this is why I kind of call it the Force Awakens. They took the characters from the first one and they reinvented them in the new characters. And they just switched around all the roles. So, you know. Obviously, Grace um, McKenna's role is Egon, right? Podcast is Ray. Finn Wolfhard is Peter. The other girl, um, what's her name? Waitress. Lucky. Lucky, thank you, is, uh, is Winston, right? And they just take all the roles and they shift them around. And they just shift the perspective of the story. Which is kind of funny because I feel like uh, Finn Wolfhard actually is, is um, Winston, because he's the one who's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yes, that's fair. But he's kind of like, he's the quippier one, you know, although I guess you could say that about Lucky, too. Yeah. So one of the she yeah. fe- see Lucky to me feels more like the the Venkman character. Actually, I could see that. Yeah. I could buy that, actually. Yeah. But they are like you had you each get one of the Ghostbusters in these kids. Yeah. And they just shift the, the scope around and it creates a different story. But also not uh, it's not cookie cutter. It's not like, no, it doesn't feel like they're trying to be these characters. They just fill a void that is left by these characters leaving. Yeah. So in the plot, like I said, they moved to to Oklahoma. And then, of course, something strange in the neighborhood (laughs) happens. It starts going on where the, the whole town is shaking and they can't figure out why. 
And of course, this has something to do with Evo Shandor and the Shandor mine that is right outside of town. So, of course, it ties directly into the first movie. Right. And why you while you still have basically like the antagonist from the first movie and the general character types from the first movie, like you said, it doesn't feel cookie cutter. It feels it doesn't feel like we're just going beat by beat by beat. What's going to happen? There's a moment where Carrie Coon, they walk in on her and she's breathing like a dog. She's having that Dana Barrett moment where she's breathing like a dog and she says there is no mom, only Zool. And I honestly, up until they walk into that room, did not see it coming. I was not going sitting there going like this is the part where she becomes this and this happens this. I was like. As soon as they walked in, I went, oh, my God, they're doing this part. But it was not. I know this by numbers. This is a paint by numbers situation. There is enough deviation from the original plot that it does not feel like we're just throwing this up with just new new character names. Right. Well, let's talk about the story a little bit and not necessarily the details of the story, but what we felt about it. I, I think it works. The writing is mostly good. I think there are moments where it's a little too sentimental at times, but it doesn't live there. I can understand what you're saying again and 100 percent could be biased because I love this franchise so much and just want to drink it in. I do like the fact that because it's, you know, we have now we have new characters, we have a different setting. And most importantly, we've taken these archetypes and we've shifted the perspective. So whereas before Venkman is essentially the main character of the four of them, this time Egon is. So it wouldn't be as funny. He's not as he's a good comedic foil, but he is not inherently quippy or funny or anything like that. So you're not going to have that. Well, it's interesting because he is a very funny character. And instead, so instead, the movie lives in his style of humor. That's what I mean. It's like he is not the, you know, whereas the other one lives in very much Venkman style. So it is wisecracking and it is jokey. Because Egon's humor comes from a place of sort of like social awkwardness yes he, it comes from a very organic he's not trying to be funny right you know whereas venkman is essentially yeah. and so that's why you're, you're gonna get a little more organic humor in that in that sort of way but it won't come as often as as well i like that again spoilers for the plot i like that they up front are just like egon's ghost is here they don't try and hide it. Like, you know who it is. They weren't trying to make a mystery of like, who's the ghost in the house? Like very early, they're like, no, nah, it's Egon. Like they don't outright say it, but they just talk about like my grandfather's ghost is haunting our house. There's never a moment where they're like, oh, my God, it was my grandfather all along. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all understand who this is. Yeah. He died in this house. And so he would be the ghost haunting this house. And they don't even say his name. Like there's no again, at one point, the most they get with it is they she casually kind of rattles it off of like, my grandfather's haunting my house right now. And that's the most you get of her admitting that it's Egon Spangler. Other than that, you just understand it, which I really, again, it's that idea of like not pandering. It's just there. And it's not trying to make the audience feel stupid or, or just going like, oh, you don't know who it is until the very end reveal. You're like, no, we all know who this is. We know who this is, and so this is who it is. And we're just going to put it on Front Street right there, which I really liked. Because then I wasn't going, come on, just say it. Yeah, the plot of the movie was not trying to figure out who is haunting the house. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's not at all, which I loved. So it all leads up to, like we were saying, we know that Egon's ghost is there up until the point that literally you see Egon's ghost. You see him there and in person, Uh, which is the other point. I think literally while I was sitting there watching it, I went, 
that's the force awakens because it's <laughs> he's a force ghost he looks like yeah, a force yeah. ghost i mean really he does this is the only point where if you're not a huge not about the franchise if you just come into it casually and you can speak better to this than i could i could see someone going like oh god because i even heard people after we left the theater that day being like that was kind of hokey and i get that like it the, there's a third act problem to this where it is a little like a little forced and i could see that that being said you like i think going into it you like the first two acts so much that by the time you get to the third act i was like i don't care you know what i mean like i'm with you now on this journey so much that okay i'll just go with it i know this is a little hokey i know it's a little fan servicey and everything but I've been living in this world so much that I will now go with you on this. I will go with you. My opinion on this is I do not think you could love this movie without knowing the previous films. Yes. I think it's enjoyable. It's a fun ride. Yeah. But like, especially the ending, I think you would get to the end and be like, Okay, who gives a shit? Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I could see I don't that. Even know. You might even be like, I is that the grandpa? I don't know who that is. Yeah. You so know? let me ask you, because you, like I said, you come to this a little more casually, this franchise. When we got to that point, what was your opinion? Oh, man. I wrote this down, too, uh, near the end, I think. I was not expecting to feel so emotional seeing Harold really? Ramis. Okay. I'm more of a Harold Ramis fan than I am a Ghostbusters fan. Right. I love okay. the movie... Um, Stripes. That's what it is. That's one I used to watch all the time. And it's one that I always forget. Like, I'm always like, I get to the halfway point and I'm like, okay, it's wrapping up now. And then I'm like, oh, no, there's a whole other other, section of this where they go to like Russia. Yes. Yeah. It's like a different movie. (laughs) It's a fantastic film. And like Harold Ramis is such a good understated actor. Yeah. And um, I I was not expecting. I was like, I remember when he died and I was like, oh, man, that's so sad because he was so good in those things he did. And then like seeing him again was like, I I really like I cried through that whole ending when we saw it. Yeah, I think there is a middle of the road. Like, I think, honestly, this movie is made for someone like me who watched those movies as a young person and enjoyed them and knows who these actors are. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love this. Like, this is fun. It's It feels more like, remember that? As opposed to, like, all right, Ghostbusters nerds. Like, there's no, like, deep cut trivia. There's no references to, like, Bill Murray's cat's name from when he was eight years old or something. It's not, like, super deep cut. Right, it's like, right. hey, you saw these saying. films. There were parts that people gasped or applauded at that I was like, don't know what that is when we went to see it. Cause we saw it in a room full of ghostbusters fans. And uh, so there were, there were moments, there are Easter eggs that I've written down that I was like, don't know what that is. <laughs> cool. And I will be happy when we get yeah, to that yeah, section. Yeah. I will be happy to explain them to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, Cause that was actually the thing we couldn't talk, really talk about it until this moment that I was really wondering about for you. If you were like, this was really good until Egon shows up and then it all falls apart. Uh, that's what I was really curious about. No, I love if you know Ghostbusters, if you have seen even just the first one, right. and you liked it, and it's it was a part of your childhood. Even if it was, a, it wasn't a big part of my childhood. I, I saw it when it came on right. TBS or Comedy Central or whatever when I was at home, and I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. Uh, if you feel that way, I think this is going to hit home for you. Yeah, awesome. 
let's do some Easter eggs. Let's do that, and then we'll and then we'll get out of here. All right, great. So there's the obvious things like proton right. packs, ghost traps, the Ecto one, the PKE meter, the dogs. Like those are the super obvious ones, right? That we've seen. Crunch bar given to Egon by Venkman is still in his yeah, his little that really yeah his and stuff like that. When they, they that's the other thing as we get into Easter eggs, some of them are put in. They're Easter eggs, but at the same time, they're put in in such a way you're like, this is also a moment. Like, it plays really well. Yeah. We also got a uh, Twinkie in the glove box. <laughs> yep. Loved it. Just great. Loved Another it. great reference. So this was the one that I did not get, and okay. I have looked it up since, and I understand it. Okay. The apocalyptic prophecy from the book of Revelations is written on the property, the Spangler Ranch, and also tattooed on Ray's arm. Yes, that is the speech that Ray makes to Winston in uh, Ghostbusters one when they're talking about the dead rising from the grave. Yeah. Ray is like, uh, yeah, every, you know, religion has its idea of how the world is going to end. And Winston's like, yeah, but isn't the dead rising right now? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yes. I guess don't you true. think the reason we've been so busy is the dead have been rising from the grave? It's exactly how he says that line, because I'm amazing. Here's a deep cut for you. The floating ghost with a wide mouth and giant eyeball on its forehead is a super deep cut reference to the ghost bug eye from the real Ghostbusters animated series. I had a feeling that was something like that. And I wasn't completely sure, but I was like, with CGI now, the way that they can do ghosts, I bet they could throw one or two in there. So why not? We said it before, but we got there is no mom. There is only Zool. Yeah. Reference to Dana Barrett and the chair with the arms, an armchair. Yes. (laughs) We got the Ghostbusters commercial. I loved it. Uh, we see that a few times. Even his bookstore is, of course, you know, from Ghostbusters too. That's right. And let me let me do this one now. This is one that I have not seen anywhere. Okay. I looked up lists of um, Easter eggs, but this is an Andrew Dunn original. This is a media lunch break exclusive that I have not seen anywhere. Okay. When they're chasing Muncher, I think is its name, the the Slimer ghost that eating things. I think I know what you're going to say, and I just read this the other day. But oh, go really? Because you and I have talked about this. Yeah. And we talked about it on the mic before when we when we did our, our last review. Yeah. One of the characters says, let's get him, which I am nearly certain is a reference to Ray yelling, get her in the library. Oh, that's not the thing I thought you were going to say. But yeah, that, I would say that right? too. When they first see the thing, they're like, what do we do? And I think Finn Wolfhard says... Let's get him. And then they chase after him. And I'm like, that has to be a reference to that. I feel like it would be. If you're talking about the casting thing, we're going to get to that later. Okay, great. The sheriff, we talked about this too. The sheriff asks, who are you going to call? Are you a god? Ray says yes. Love it. I love that moment. (laughs) But first he looks to his friends and they're like, come on, man. I know that's completely fan pandering at that moment. And that one, I was like, I don't give a shit. That was such a funny moment. It's so good. It's such a good, like, full circle. You couldn't not. It was so good. And we got a little bit of a secret cast that still is not up on IMDb. No, it's not. No. There was one of them I recognized immediately. One I went... That's someone and I don't know who. And the other one I just found out about the other day. And I was like, yeah. I had no so those idea. Are, those are the three that I have. They include um, J.K. Simmons, Simmons. as it's Ivo Shandor. Shandor. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is pretty cool. Also, the one you noticed was Tracy Letts is Jack. Oh, yes. There's that. There's another one. There's another one? Because yes. I know Josh Gad is Muncher. Yes, that he was is. Just That's the one I just got. I just heard. What's they just the one you it. noticed in the movie? Do you know who plays Gozer? Uh, I looked it up, but I didn't know the name. Olivia Wilde. That is not true. Yes. Mm, I mean, according to this, it's Emma Portner is playing Gozer the Gozerian. And the voice is provided by Shore Agdashio. 
I'm um, a partner is a Canadian professional dancer and choreographer. I don't know. This is I, I've read a couple articles that was Olivia Wilde. You want to fight it out? Yeah, kind of. Do you want to have the two actors fight about it? I would love to. That would be graceful and balletic to watch those two actors fight it out, I think. I love that Evo Shander just gets ripped in half in 30 seconds. <laughs> I just love that. And I love that it's J.K. Simmons. And I was, like, Simmons, I was like, that guy yeah, is an Oscar. So and they're like, he says like half a line and she's just like rip. And then just that's the end of him. And of course, the we got the last the end of that secret cast is we have five returning members from uh, the original films, which is uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver and Annie Potts. Yes. The post-credit scenes. Do you want to hit the post-credit scenes very quickly? Yeah, I'd like you to do that. Excellent. Because I don't, I left it and I was like, okay, I guess. Maybe I don't understand really what's happening, but. Okay, great. So the post-credit scene, the first one, so there are two post-credit scenes in this. It, it kind of plays out like a Marvel movie in that way. There's the initial post-credit scenes that mid-credits. is. Mid-credits. Mid-credits. And that is Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver. And basically, this is an homage to the first scene of the first Ghostbusters. We find out that Dana Barrett and Peter Venkman are together. I mean, they don't really say if they're together together, but it's kind of implied. They seem like they're in the room together. They're in like someone's living room. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of implied that they're together, which is great. And she has the machine and the cards from the first scene in the movie where He's trying to guess what's on the cards. Yeah, he's trying to test psychic ability, which is what those cards are for. He's trying to test the effect of ESP through negative, negative reinforcement. So basically, technically, it's positive reinforcement, because anytime you are introducing a stimuli, it is a positive reinforcement, even if the individual doesn't enjoy it. If he were taking away something, that would be negative reinforcement. You can say whatever you want, but (laughs) Dr. Peter Venkman has PhDs in psychology (laughs) and parapsychology. So I think I'm going to go with him. Thank you. Okay, so it's to the uh, effects of ESP through negative reinforcement. Unless I'm getting that line wrong and then somebody's going to tweet at me and say I'm not a true fan. But basically, he's doing the cards. You're so good a fan. You're just going off of what they say instead of what it actually is. Exactly. And so he's doing so Dana Barrett has the cards. He's trying to predict what they are. And I think he is getting it right. And he's like acing them, yeah. like acing them because she says, like, did you mark these or yeah. something like that? And then and then she shocks him and she's like, oh, this is this thing's great. So that's what the first scene. That's what that mid credit scene I got is. That it's one, just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, oh, you're talking about the last scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, okay, he's in the firehouse, I guess. I think it's just, it's cathartic. And for me, that actually... Is it setting up a sequel? Is that what he's I don't think doing? it's setting up a sequel, but I think what it's doing, and this is towards what Jason Reitman said in the panel that we were in. I think what it's doing is that Jason Reitman said, I want this to be a movie that after this comes out, if other directors want to kind of play in that playground they can feel free to do it. And I think it's not setting up a movie. It's setting up the idea of like Ecto-1 has returned home. Everything like the universe is as it should be. All is right with the world because Ecto-1 is in the firehouse in New York City. So if anyone wants these toys, I'm going to leave them here to play with. Because the last scene, for those of you who might not have seen it, starts with a deleted scene from Ghostbusters, which I loved, of Janine and Egon, a very sweet scene, and then it cuts to the to the modern day, to present day, and it's Janine and Winston talking. I love that Winston is rich now. 
it actually makes total sense to me. Yeah. Like total sense to me that yeah. he would do that. But he is essentially paid to have Ecto one come back and be brought to the to the firehouse and is just kind of left there. You remember if they say the what Vankman's been up to? He is a professor emeritus at I forget what what university, but it's gotcha. like um, it's not motivational speaking, but it's like advertising, essentially. Right. Yeah, like public <laughs> speaking in advertising or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Again, it was something where you heard it and you were like, that's Vankman. That would be perfect. Yeah, for him. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's the last. That's the the final. I would love scene. if we get an extreme Ghostbusters movie. You know, what's fun about that show? It was like 17 episodes or something. It was like something extremely so small and people love that thing. Yeah, I watched it every day after school. Did you really? I've only seen bits of it. Yeah, Dude, they got a guy in a, or a kid, in, a kid in a wheelchair. Like, it's so good. Yeah. I'm actually reading the Ghostbusters. The IDW has a ongoing Ghostbusters series or had one for a while. And it's actually pretty good. It's actually yeah. not bad. Because you could replace the Egon character with um, Winston. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, actually, that's we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> off mic. But uh, of course, as a Ghostbusters fan, I've had my thoughts about things of like things you could do. But yet yeah, after seeing this movie, I was like, yes, that's what that's what you would do if you were going to pick up the mantle. You don't have to bring back all the characters, but you want some sort of like lead in and he's the obvious lead in. It's just like, hey, I own all of these things. Yeah. These are, you know, he's the one you have to kind of approach to get them. So that would be the that would be the logical choice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you have any other thoughts on the movie you want to bring up? I don't think so. I cannot wait to see this movie again. Yeah, it's good, I right? really like I've been waiting a month to talk about it, but I've also been waiting for over a month now to just go back and see it again. Yeah. I really and the thing I know this is a good movie is that I haven't forgotten about it. It hasn't waned for me. Last episode, the the last real episode we did was about the Eternals. And we talked about how the next day, like it all starts to fall apart. I fully expected that to happen with this movie. It didn't like all I've been thinking about is like, I want to get back in the theater and see this again. Yeah. Very rarely do we hit a movie and we feel the exact same way that we felt after seeing it down the line, like even something like um, Endgame is, I still think my favorite Marvel movie. And even that one, like got better for me, the more I thought about it and the more I watched it. And this one hits a home run and it stays a home run. It does. And it just stays a home run. I know. I really, there was no moment where I was like, yeah, but this thing though, really? No, I was, so, I'm so excited about it. I have a, yeah. The only like things that I have against it are like maybes. Like the only reason it doesn't get a 10 out of 10 for me are like, Maybe this I didn't feel that way, but other because we also mentioned the last time we talked about it, that there are parts that are clearly made for people to sit with the emotion or to applaud or whatever. And like if you're in a normal cinema and you don't give a shit about these characters, it's just going to feel like 10 seconds of nothing to you. I agree with you as far as the maybes where it's like, I mean, you could knock it for this, but at the same time. You're having a good time. And a movie like this, that's the number one goal. Yeah. And the movie is not made better if you remove those things. Right. You're having a good time. So just go with it, you know, and the movie's just flat out a good time. And that's what I love. I think this is just in time. I think my kid is getting home right now. Nice. Let's get out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed this little mini interim episode. And uh, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, we just ruined it for you. But go watch it anyway. It's still really good. Go. It's worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Watch the first two and then get up and go immediately to the theater. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Uh, You're back from school. You want to say hi? Come here. We're just finishing right now. Say say thanks for listening, everybody. Say for listening, everybody. That's the end.